Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help busy people reclaim good practices for faith and life. Here's your host, Tony Meltenberger. Hey, what's up, everybody? Tony coming to you with a special bonus episode of the podcast. In this episode, I'm actually the one getting grilled. A friend of mine, Milton Herring, who produces a podcast called Maximizing Moment with Milton's, asked me a bunch of questions about what it means to take advantage of every moment that you can. We spend a good amount of time talking about relationships, about how to navigate relationships, and to look at our own marriages in terms of what, when, and how. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Milton Herring. Welcome. This is an audio experience with Maximizing Moments with Milton. Thanks for joining me. This two-on-one episode with my good friend Tony Miltenberger. I'm excited about this podcast because Tony is not only just a world-class person, but just I'm just one of his biggest fans, and and uh, I'm excited to have him share some of his thoughts and insights about life, culture, um, and and family, um, and a lot of things he has on his heart to share. Uh, just a quick quick uh, bio on him. So so Tony is a pastor of Restoration Church in Centerville, Ohio. He's married to, uh, it says my high school sweetheart, but I think you want to say your high school sweetheart, but <laughs> he's married to his high he school sweetheart. too. I don't know. <laughs> he's married to his high school sweetheart, which is awesome. Karen, 16 years in February. February. That's awesome. Give him a round of applause, guys. Um, he has three kids, uh, 12, 8, and 6. He's the author of Unbreakable, Forging a Marriage of Content and Delight, um, and has a Master's of Divinity from United Theological Seminary, coach for kids sports, and avid Reds, Bengals, and Buckeyes fan. Go Bucks! So, Go Bucks! Um, I think we can jump into some sports if you know sports talk here a little bit. But uh, so Tony, uh, give us some context on uh, catching us up to. I know there's more to your backstory and your history as far as being a pastor, but in life and family. So just give us some more context about who Tony is. Yeah, thanks, Milton. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, I love your podcast. I love listening to all the world changers that you get to talk to. So I, I just really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, for me, you know, I, I grew up. I'm a native Daytonian, and uh, Dayton's called the Gem City. Okay. It's because it's the it's the sits right above the Queen City. It's the gem right on top of Cincinnati. So it's just north of Cincinnati. And uh, grew up native Daytonian and immediately listed in the Army Reserves right out of high school and and served uh, 14 years as a chaplain's assistant in the Army Reserves, got to be deployed around the world in in Kuwait and um, Germany. And I spent some time in El Salvador. And then I went to some really exotic places like Minnesota and uh, <laughs> you're got like, Woo-hoo. To do, Woo-hoo. Yeah, got to do all sorts of things for the army, and that's where kind of my um, spirit was ignited for this desire to see people be in healthy relationships. And as I started to go down that road of healthy relationships, looking at what does it take to have healthy relationships, eventually what I kept coming back to is that I'm not, from my research, I wasn't sure if it was possible if you could do it without God. You know, if, if you didn't have that kind of evidence. So that's kind of how I led to this kind of pastoral calling was examining what it took to to figure out how to be in healthy relationships. It's a, it's a lot like a 12 step program is that you need that higher power to 
surrender that you're not in control. Right. And I find that to be true in, in my relationships and most of the people I talk to end up in the same spot too. So I eventually made my way into pastoral ministry at a, at a larger church in North Dayton and I, I was there for four years and I while I was there I, I kind of caught on fire. I was a late learner in life and so I finished my bachelor's degree while I was serving at that church and immediately started my master's program. And then uh, the the denomination I'm a part of with United Methodism, they deemed it uh, an opportunity for a young leader to go to Centerville, Ohio, and that was four years ago. So since coming to Centerville, God has just continued to do some crazy cool things, and and I'm still trying to learn and figure stuff out. So and that's I, kind of and, and in that journey, Tony, when, when did you when did you meet your bride? I, I, you said high school, but when did you guys decide to? Okay, let's do this. Let's get married. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we were we were a very wise 22 when we got married. Wise 22, a love very it. wise 22. <laughs> no, so so here's the deal. Actually, I I thought God might have been calling me into the priesthood okay. while I was in high school. Oh, and okay. I was meeting. I went to a Catholic high school. I was meeting with this Catholic priest who was a great guy. He was a mentor to me, and I was thinking about becoming a Catholic priest because I felt this call, right? And wow. And I'm walking down this path, and then I'm in this youth group, and this girl across the the circle in the youth group, she was just amazing. I mean, just she just had this kind of spirit about her, and we we got close, we started talking, and and I just never stopped talking to her. So then um, I went to basic training for the reserves right after high school, and we wrote letters back and forth, and then in in 2000, the Army offered me a six-month um, mobilization to Germany, and we we really had to learn how to communicate. And when I got back from Germany, I had a little extra Army money, and I put that aside. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry that woman. Damn. And so we got married in 2003, and then in, in the infinite wisdom of the Army, I was deployed in 2004. <laughs> infinite wisdom. <laughs> If you want to know how to survive your first two years of marriage, <laughs> don't be around. <laughs> one way is to leave. <laughs> so you're telling me you maximize the moment when you're in high school. You're like, okay, here's my moment. There she is. Let's do. Let's let me let me pursue this thing. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I I do think that there are moments that you have the opportunity to just decide if if you're going to stay on the bench, or you're going to get in the game, and and I, I saw the moment, and it, it was a dance. It was a kind of like a school dance, and I, I took it. Yeah. And I, I'm still dancing with her, and I love every minute of it. Awesome. So, Stan, so Tony, staying on the theme of uh, healthy relationships, what, what, is your, what is your theology philosophy now when it comes to having a healthy relationship and how to maintain? And also vice versa, what, what is it when people don't have maybe uh, – don't have God in their life, how do they – how do people – survive health and create a health relationship so I, I have long believed that people don't fall in and out of love they fall in and out of commitment mm. and and let me expound on that a little bit so love is a feeling and feelings will betray you mm. feelings don't get a lot of things done but commitment gets a ton of stuff done True. and what I believe is that people fall out of commitment to the disciplines of being married and so 
when you look at healthy marriages, these are the people that are, are talking together every day. They're, they have uh, some sort of common values and morals. They're aligned in some sort of thought process or theology, whether that be God or something else. They have this uh, long-term vision about what it means to be successful. What does marriage, successful marriage look like? And they know they have enough self-awareness to know where their faults are in the relationship. That's good. So there's, there's, in the moment of marriage, there's patterns that that exist, and you're talking about the commitment of that. The commitment pattern is, like you said, do those things, talk to each other. Hopefully, you you talk, right? You communicate, right. you share, uh, you share the good times, you share when you don't feel so good, um, and and you're you're willing to. I, I think I won't say compromise, but you're willing to give. Um, and compromise might be one of those things, but you're willing to give more so than just take. Um, and, and that's well. So let, true. let me even say it a step further. Let me say it a step further. When when you and your spouse decide you're on the same team, it's not compromising. It's winning for the team. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's true. Because when I play sports, I should know this thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the thing is, is like we, so many marriages that I talk to get in this place where if I win, she has to lose. No, you're on the same team. Yeah, that's you, good. You've always been on the same team. That's what this is all about. Right. Now, you may not be clear about what the end zone looks like. <laughs> yeah, you're like, we're not scoring, but we're on the same team. <laughs> so that, that's where I – like I, I try to draw couples back. What does a victory look like for you guys as a family, yeah. you know, as a couple, as your – you know, what what's your victory look like for your kids? That's awesome. You get clear on that. You get clear on that. Everybody's moving in the same direction. Changes everything. Right. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. That's cool. Um, on, the, on the marriage talk – your book, uh, "Forging a Marriage of Content and Delight." Tell me about what what. Tell me about that topic and how'd you get that that book book title? Where did that come from? Yeah, well, so it it, it came um, it came off this idea of of what what does it mean to have an unbreakable marriage? Forging this idea of like this idea of contentment and like everybody's striving for happily ever after. But what if we could just strive for happy? And and what does that, that picture of, of love look like? And so the, the gentleman that I wrote the book with, his name is Charles Causey, and he did his doctoral ministry um, research on on our book. Kind of we had put the this idea together, and it's it's a triangle of these different levels of what love, what does God's love look like practiced in marriage? So it starts with. The, the base layer is commitment, and then the peak is sacrifice. And along the way, you have things like honesty, respect, communication, and those are the things that good marriages are built on, and that's love put into practice. Mm. That, that's that's the, not the feeling of love. That's the action of love. Gotcha. gotcha. That's not um, infatuation, as some of the psychologists would call it. You know, because when you, when you meet somebody and you're like, oh, man, yeah, yeah. she's – She's all that in a box of bugles. Right. He's in a bag of chips. <laughs> she's better than a bag of chips. Box of bugles. If, if that's, that's dopamine running through your brain, mm -hmm. it's a chemical reaction that you're having, and it's stronger than cocaine. And, and it's so strong that the problem is, is that it, it won't last. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It won't last. And, and then. So the whole way we're kind of designed, if you look at it just in the science part of it, is we're designed to meet. We're designed to have that initial reaction of dopamine, which surges through our body. And that's to get us past the part 
that I may strike out. Like it's really designed to push you to a place. It's designed to push you to a place where you're willing to do something you would never do. And if you don't believe me, go talk to an 18 year old male and ask them what they would do for a girl. Oh man. We've seen it. We've all seen it. it, Right. So then now, now follow the body's track on this. If you do the work and you want to to get married, you decide you're going to marry this girl or guy and you get married and then all of a sudden you uh, do the intimate part of marriage, you have sex, then what happens is these oxytocins, most of us have heard of them before, they're, they're bonding chemicals, they're designed to bond us together physically. And so oxytocins are released. Now here's what happens though, with a lot of society and, and what we're facing now is that we have had sex with so many different people before we get to marriage, we're literally trying to bond with so many people so we, we lose the power of bonding. And the best the best imagery that I could give for you on this is, is a piece of duct tape. So if, if you take out a piece of duct tape and you roll it out and you think of it that that's the way the oxytocins in your body work and then you go up and you stick it and rip it off of five different people. You got all kind of – never mind. Yeah. Right. yeah. And <laughs> that's nasty. By the, time, by, by the time you get to the sixth person, you ain't going to stick. <laughs> oh. Now, but if you take two pieces of duct tape that have never touched anything else – and you put them against each other. Oh yeah, solid. Boss. Go ahead and try and rip those apart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not going to. And it, it's the way that our brain is wired to work. Our brain is designed to bond. It's the same reason that the army uses silhouettes to um, for for firing practice. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to turn off the mechanism in your brain that says this isn't normal. And so instead, we're gonna we're just gonna treat every person like a silhouette. I'm taking away the face. I'm treating it like the silhouette. We're turning off the mechanism that says, hey, this – we shouldn't do this. This is bad. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's a physiological response. Point, pointing a weapon at someone is – yeah, you're like, OK, wait. But but you know, if, if you've trained on a silhouette for years, then when you go to that situation and you've you're got to point your weapon at someone, hopefully your brain will just see a silhouette. That's interesting. That's interesting. That's a great analogy. I love the duct tape piece of it. Uh, nobody wants to have some duct tape rip off of them. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, <laughs> it's real. It is real. And 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 how how would you back that up with delighting in your spouse? Or how, how do you delight in your spouse? Well, see, I think that goes back to the same idea about this common vision. Okay. So if if you get to this place where you and your spouse are both working towards the same thing, then then you can look over and see something that is just so incredible and know that it's a game changer. So um, for us, the one, one of our long-term visions is to own a lake home with a wraparound porch. Yes, sir. And we, we wanna see our grandkids um, are playing in the front yard and and share our faith and our family in this kind of sacred space. And so when I see my wife um, leaning into my kids' faith, um, that is an incredible source of joy and delightment for me. Mm. Because we, I know that what she's doing now is going to impact our grandkids. 
that woman loves me so much. She's working for my grandkids. Right, right. I mean, it just jacks me up, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's super exciting because I know where she's going. I know that when she goes off to work, that she's working for our retirement, just like I'm working for our retirement, that yeah. we both have this vision and mission and call. And when you can remember that there's a bigger picture than, than this idea that the whole world is out to get you, then you have no choice but to delight in your spouse. Right. Love that. I love that. Don't be a victim. Be a victor, right? That's uh, – I love that. Um, so so when it comes to – and I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this so, so far when it comes to relationships, and I think relationships are probably one of the, the pillars and cornerstones of a successful life and truly maximize the moments in our life and, and healthy relationships at that – so if you were to coach me right now, Tony, and I'm in I'm in a relationship that's very toxic, um, I, I feel like there are times when there might be a uh, a bright spot, but there's a lot of bad stuff. How would how would you coach me? And I know it may be a little bit different, but based on where you're at right now and what you've gone through and what you have, how would you coach me to pursue that relationship or get out of that relationship? So I believe that the best relationships are built around boundaries and expectations. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite sayings is that failed expectations lead to bitterness and disappointment. And one of the things that we should be doing is if, if we're really on the same team and we're going for the same place and we have the same vision and this person really loves you, then you should be able to raise the bar mm-hmm. on your expectations and put a boundary around it. So it, it would look like this. If let's say that your spouse um, or your significant other, maybe they're not a spouse yet, your significant other can't seem to get home on time and doesn't tell you when they're going to show up late or they go to the bar after work and you've talked about it and it's it's just feels rude and inconsiderate. So it, it starts first with an open and honest dialogue. Hey, I'm feeling if you use an I feel statement, you can never be wrong. So if if you if you maximize the moment and use an I feel statement, I'm feeling disrespected because I'm not getting a call. And because of that, I feel like you don't care. And I believe that you care. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would like to see happen is that you call before you go to the bar and let me know that you're going. And if you don't call, then I don't, I'm not sure that this is going to work. And, yeah. and, you know, if you can set it that clearly, it's going to be great. But obviously in dialogue, it's going to flush out like um, let's, you know, because the first time it's going to happen. So, well, I'm just out of, I'm, I'm out of habit. Right. Right. You'll say, oh, I've just I've never done that before. Or you're trying to smother me. And. And so then you 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 repeat back using just good reflective listening what you heard and say something like, so what I hear you saying is you feel like you can't do that. So then you can ask the next logical question, which every person's thinking. So um, is the bar more important than me? Right, 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 right. I love and, that. And somewhere along the way in reflective listening and asking good questions, you're going to get really clear about where the priorities are. And and there's no way to hide someone else's bad priorities. Mm. That's good. That's good. So boundaries and expectations. If you can manage both of those, 
it, it helps. And I always tell couples, don't do it when you're mad. Having the conversation around what, what good boundaries are is never a good idea when you're all fired up. Right. Because it's not going to be realistic. But if, if you can come at this in a business meeting kind of sense, when you're calm, you're collected, when you're thinking about it. And certainly one of my golden rules is never have a conversation with somebody who's on drugs or alcohol. Never have a conversation um, it, when there's not enough time. You know, create an environment. Like we talk about Mac, you talk about maximizing moments a lot. What I think is that sometimes the best moments that we can maximize are ones that we set up. Be intentional about setting up that moment so that you can have a real conversation and get real results. Don't don't waste an opportunity to have a heartfelt conversation because you weren't prepared. Right. Right. That's beautiful. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Maximizers, I know there's people out there that do have health relationship challenges and having a health relationship is probably one of your number of priorities for 2019 and and beyond and i think what uh, what we're hearing from tony right now is is key when it comes to creating boundaries and raising the bar in relationships and and really you said maximize the moments and creating those opportunities for you to really utilize the moments that are needed to have those deep and delicate conversations that will improve the the life and and uh, course for everyone and, and number one including yourself um, but you'll be you'll be surprised what a health relationship will do for you uh, when it comes to not only your finances but your health um, and general health um, as well so and your spiritual life and emotional life there's a lot of things that go into having a health relationship so thanks Tony for sharing that and and I know we can talk a whole lot more. Um, and I, I want to get to our maximizing moment questions. If you're if you're ready for those, I'm I'm surely ready to hear what you got to say. Yeah, man, let's do it. All right. So my first question, Tony, is give give me your your favorite quote and explain why and how it helps you. Oh, my favorite quote comes from a really bad movie, <laughs> but it, it is uh, is the juice worth the squeeze? Ooh. Oh, okay. Is the juice Worth the squeeze, meaning is what you're going to get out of the situation worth the pain it's going to put you under. And it's it's from a, an old movie called The Girl Next Door, and the movie's horrible. I don't recommend the movie, but the quote has changed my life hmm. because it, it gives me an opportunity to use it as a filter in every situation that I run up against. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Is is the pain that what I'm about to do worth what I'm going to get out of it? That is wonderful. Love that. Love that. Next one, firing at you. Give me a moment where when looking back, you let slip away and it impacted your life at some level. Um, when I was deployed in 2004, I re-enlisted and the Army gave me a re-enlistment bonus of $15,000. My wife and I had no idea about financial theology and we bought windows with it. <laughs> $15,000. We could have done so many smarter things with that, but we were young and dumb and we had no financial theology, so I just completely let it slip away. <laughs> I love that quick and to the point. Handle your money, guys. <laughs> I'm, well, and, and develop a de- develop a philosophy or theology on money, what you want to do with it, what's what's important. Again, like we just didn't we just didn't know. So we're like, "Oh, we need new windows. Let's get new windows on an investment we're never going to get back." Mm. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. I'm glad you think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just smile like, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> I have a couple of those too. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, next question for you, Tony. Um, have you ever had a time where you knew there was more for you to do in life or accomplish, but were in a position or job, a career that didn't quite line up with that? How did you maximize that moment? Yeah, I worked for a nonprofit that was doing personal growth seminars, and they were very good at what they did. But I knew pretty early on that um, I needed something more than that. So um, I, I'm, I'm a big extrovert relational guy. So I immediately started going to my, I kind of, um, I, I call it the council of the godly is the term that I like to use. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of the, um, the men and women in my life who give me wisdom. Now they don't know that they're on the council, but in my head, it's kind of this checklist of people. What would this person say? What would that person say? And so when I'm in a bad spot, I go to the council of the godly. And these are people who align with my faith and beliefs. And I listen to their wisdom because I believe that they have some. Awesome. 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 Uh, next question for you, Tony. Do you have a story of a time when, when maximize the moment was important or meaningful to you? Well, I, I think there, uh, an opportunity to, to really do, to get this book published back in, in, well, we started writing it in 2012 and a friend of mine gave me the contact information to this editor at Abington press and I didn't know who she was and she didn't know who I was. And so I had to call her up and basically cold call the whole thing and try to work this relationship so that maybe someday this dream of writing a book would come into fruition. And I think by, by God's grace and a little bit of luck, we got there. There you go. A little bit of luck. <laughs> go through it. That's I'm good. just saying. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm curious about this question from you, Tony. How would you define a maximizing moment? A maximizing moment, I would say, is where you step out of your comfort zone and use everything that you have to do something you wouldn't normally do. The uncommon life, stepping out of the comfort zone, doing something you normally wouldn't do. Awesome. Thank you. And and my maximizers uh, for the last question for you, Tony, are all about actionable steps. And so if you were to give me three immediate action steps to take for a person to maximize the fine moment in their life, what would that be? The first thing I would tell you is um, say yes more than you say no. Say yes more than you say no. Write down what you want in terms of whether that be a family vision, a personal vision, strategic goals for the year, all that kind of thing. And then the third one is that um, take time and in intentional stillness. Mm. Couple couple minutes a day. Um, I, I think sometimes we spend so much time going after what we want, we never calm down enough to think about what we have. And when you think about what you have, you'll, you'll see more moments that you can maximize. Because most of the time we're trying to set up this perfect moment when the reality is you probably had 20 of them today that you just didn't even see. Mm, love it. Say yes more than no. Write down what you want and take the time to be still. Did I miss anything? No, you, you killed it. That's awesome, great. man. I Maximizers, take those notes. Truly, truly. I, you know, I feel like there's a thing – of the people that I've interviewed recently, it's about writing down or putting pictures up the things that you want and desire. Um, I think that's a success principle that that really crosses the lines of 
everyone, you know, whether it is uh, health relationships or finances or health. Um, I think you can utilize the uh, writing down aspect and, and painting a picture um, on a lot of different arenas. And so um, thanks for sharing that, Tony, my friend. And, and if I give you a couple minutes, um, are there any parting words you'd like to share with the audience um, or comments? Well, I mean, first of all, just thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. And um, I, I would just encourage everyone to, to, you know, 2019, it's still early in the year. Think about what you want and, and don't be afraid to go after it. The world is, is changing so rapidly. What a gift that we get to be a part of a place that is changing so fast and we can change fast. People tell me all the time that they don't like change, and my response is generally the same thing. It's because you don't practice it enough. Love that. Love that. So much to do. Thank you, Tony. Love it, love it, love it. Um, how, can, how can the Maximizers find you? Is there anything you're promoting, book, website, videos, etc.? Anything we can do to support you in that level? Well, I'm, I, I do have a, a website, TWMILT, M-I-L-T, TWMILT.com, and I, I blog up there, but I also do a, a podcast called The Reclamation Podcast, where we, uh, we share good practices for faith and life, so there's always content there. You can always hit me up on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook at TWMILT, M-I-L-T. Wonderful. Let's do it, guys. Awesome. I'm so excited about this podcast. Tony, you've been great today. Um, really, guys, maximizers, these podcasts, anytime we do them, uh, the people that we have on give it their time, their energy, and their resources to help you maximize any given moment in your life towards success. So thank you, guys. Appreciate it. If you enjoyed this, please share it on your social media streams. And, and as always, God bless you.